the youth workshop episode three actually who has god created that person to be because i think when we put someone in a job that isn't what they're called to do what we do is deny their real calling you bring the passion we bring the knowledge learn from the most creative innovative and experienced youth experts across the globe are you ready to take your youth ministry to the next level if the answer is yes you are in the right place the youth workshop the podcast here's your host luke white Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Youth Workshop. I'm so glad that you've chosen to join us today because we have a very, very special guest for you. We have Beth Stout of the Gold Digger Trust. Now the Gold Digger Trust are at the forefront of self-esteem work in Sheffield and across the UK. They work with thousands of young people through their innovative projects in South Yorkshire and and their trained delivery partners across the British Isles. Yes, that's right. I've read it straight from the website. So now we're going to hear from Beth Stout exactly a bit more about herself and the trust. Beth, how are you today? Hello. uh, I'm full of cold and a good cough, but I'm (laughs) otherwise great in myself. Excellent. Why don't you start off by telling us a bit more about yourself and about the Gold Digger Trust? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm Beth, and uh, I have the privilege of uh, being the Chief Executive of Golding Trust, which is a charity all about uh, unearthing the value in young people, showing them, uh, digging out the gold, really, showing them just how uh, great and unique and special they are. Um, but sometimes uh, a lot of rubbish can happen to them. Uh, situations at home, at school, in life can mean that they feel like they're not very valuable. And so we're about kind of digging through all of that rubbish that might have happened to them or things that have been said to them or experiences they've had, digging through all of that to show them uh, how valuable they are. And so uh, we've been going for nearly 10 years now, uh, based up in Sheffield. And uh, we are just really passionate about working with young people, getting through all the rubbish, getting into the real heart of who they are um, and dealing with a lot of uh, quite difficult issues. So we work, uh, we have projects that work specifically around child sexual exploitation. We do a lot of work with young people who self-harm, those with eating disorders, uh, situations around kind of risky sexual behaviour and teen pregnancy. Uh, And we've also just launched a new project as well, working with young men, uh, maybe those who've not had a father figure before, uh, working with them to raise their aspirations and their their dreams and and helping them to see just how great they can be. Um, So that's kind of, in a nutshell, what we're about. Wow, you really are busy. <laughs> Up to a yeah, lot there. Yeah, we really are. So, you know, in this, this show, how we differ from a lot of, of, of interview-based shows is that we don't just look into the organisation, but we really try and dig deeper into the, the person behind the organisation. So now I want you to take us to a specific moment or an event in your life when you specifically decided that you wanted to make a difference in the lives of young people. Wow. Um I grew up in a I grew up in a Christian family in a bit of a um you know everyone in my family went to church my my in fact my first Sunday school teacher was my nan because uh, <laughs> she'd been running the uh, the like reception aged Sunday school for about 30 years when I started uh, one of those kind of Christian mafia families and um, <laughs> and I grew up knowing Jesus uh really my whole life I never didn't know Jesus and uh and I 
but as, as I became a teenager, I think I, I realized that actually just because I was a Christian and I came from a nice family and all of that didn't mean I didn't have issues. Mm. Uh, didn't mean I didn't uh, really struggle with who I was. Uh, and I, I very much uh, felt like I needed to be good all the time. I couldn't deal with mm. failure. Mm. Um, I needed to be the best at everything or I needed to not care about that thing. And I, um, and I couldn't, I could deal with other people getting things wrong, but I couldn't ever get things wrong. And I need, I just had such a high expectation of what I should be doing. Not necessarily academically, but just, just in everything I did, I needed to be doing it properly. And so, um, one of those, uh, one of the things I started doing was I started, uh, not really eating very much. I developed a bit of an eating disorder when I was a teenager, not because actually, because I uh, disliked the way I looked. It wasn't, it wasn't an image based thing. It was, it was a um, self punishment. It was a way of kind of saying, I'm not worth bothering to eat food. Um, and it was a way of kind of punishing myself really. Uh, and, uh, God was amazing in that and really spoke to me and, and helped me through that uh, over. So it, it didn't develop into something really life controlling, uh, you know, thanks to God really doing some great stuff in my life. But um, I, you know, I, I was really aware how much I struggled as a teenager. And I think I always knew that I wanted to, to work with young people. Uh, and even as a young person myself, and I started doing community youth work when I was 15 and, you know, running a youth group for 13 year olds. And uh, I wasn't much older than them, but, uh, kind of just wanted to do that kind of stuff. And, um, and I remember it was very difficult when I got to kind of the end of sixth form. And, um, and I, I did really well academically. And so teachers were, kind of pushing me to you know be applying for all the top universities and what are you going to do and and I said um I was I was very naive and I kind of went uh it's like I can't think of, I can't think of spending three years just thinking about myself I need to go and help people uh and they which is you know it's a very naive 17 year old thing to say but I um so I, I just really wanted to go in and really um to, to make a difference in some way and so was really passionate particularly about working with young women and so uh, when my friends went off to study law and uh, politics and things, I went and moved to uh, Moss Side in Manchester and uh, started doing some, did some kind of community youth work there and, uh, and then started working in young offenders institutes and, and, and went on from there really. And so I've, you know, sometimes I'm a professional Christian, but in, in some ways I'm also a bit of a professional uh, youth worker. And in, in even though my role now, I don't do anywhere near as much face-to-face -face youth work as I used to. Um, I'm, you know, the core of it is still that I believe there's so much potential in young people. And, um, and I think the pressures on young people is, is just huge. And um, I'm 26 years old. I'm not even, uh, I'm not that long out of being a young person, but I look at the stuff that uh, our young people are going through now. And, um, and I go, gosh, I don't know if I've been able to have coped. And so I really, I really love having the privilege to be able to get alongside young people and work through, um, work through what they're going, going through and just get, yeah, just be there with them and, and give them someone to walk that journey with. That's so powerful. I find that as I do more and more of these interviews, so many people's, um, the, the way they're living out their purpose is linked strongly to the, their own personal journey. Mm. And um, it's just interesting to see how those two ideas really work together. Um, we're going to change pace slightly now. And when you're going through your difficult times, either with young people or in your personal life, do you have a favorite piece of scripture or maybe a story in the Bible, if not a specific scripture, that keeps you 
on track or helps to comfort you when things are going a bit crazy? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's one of those ones where, like, on the spot, you're like, oh, gosh, do I get the right book in the Bible? <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't worry. You can always edit in afterwards. It'll just be like a voice that comes in going. <laughs> With the correct text. <laughs> there is a scripture that really inspires me and really inspires a lot of the work that we do here, actually, uh, which is in James. I think it's in chapter three of James, and it talks about uh, the power of the words that you say mm. to, to build up or to destroy. Yeah. Uh, and if, maybe that's a bit in JJ, but there's also a bit where I might have got this all wrong. Apologies, theological yeah, my husband is a biblical studies postgraduate and uh, he'll be right now going, oh, at me. Uh, but there's also a bit that talks about, and this is in James 3, definitely, where uh, it talks about not thinking of yourself more than you should, but how God is, uh, the message Bible says about doing the creative best with what you've been given. Mm. Um, and that's really inspired us, what we do and how we um how we work with young people as well. But for me, I think that whole thing of going, don't think of yourself more than you ought, but do the creative best with what you've been given is um, is a thing that pulls me back sometimes when I'm going, I mean, I'm worrying about this and that. And you know, we're running an organisation as, as a chief executive, you know, half of the things on my desk are to do with, you know, finance and governance and, and all these slightly scary things. And, and just sometimes being reminded that, you no, know, God has called me to do the creative best that, with what I can do. And sometimes that means I don't know, like at the moment we're going through um, an office move at the moment and I've been you know, commercial property law, not my specialist, <laughs> to be honest, and having to just go... Well, do you know what? I don't. And, and so what I need to do is find someone else mm. where that is their skill set, where they can do their creative best with that. And then there are other things that I am, you know, ridiculously pernickety about. And uh, I go on and on about, uh, you know, accountancy and, and things that for others are really boring. But I love it. And um, and I really think that inspires, you know, um, me and, and, and in the work that we do. And, and really is how, how I try and lead our organization as well is get going actually with each of our staff what is their thing that they can do their creative best in what is the thing that they are called to do and let's release them to do that um and really believing that actually if we encourage people to do things that they're not called to do that they're not gifted to do um and sometimes we see that where people are kind of being pushed into, well, you do that even though that's not your thing. Sometimes that can stretch us and teach us, but sometimes actually what we're doing is is diminishing what that person is called to do. And so, like, actually we are all called to be different parts of the body of Christ, and that is brilliant, and we all have our bit to do. So, actually, I am, you know, I'm a numbers geek, and, and I, I love making little pie charts out of our fundraising strategies and things my you know one of my colleagues uh, mandy who leads uh, the trust with me that's her idea of hell but actually <laughs> she is brilliant at the stuff that i'm like oh, i just can't be bothered she's brilliant at making she goes the extra mile in making uh thinking through like for a young person how a room feels and what's the connotations of this room before a young person even gets there and how can i make this what does my body language she goes into like she plans what she's going to wear for every session because she's like i want to show this young person how valuable they are by the fact that i have thought about wearing my nice clothes because in the way that you would for going to a wedding like and that's her doing her creative best with what she does and um 
you know, I'm, I'm not, that's not my specialist mastermind subject, but it's okay because we all have our different things. Um, and if it's not in James 3, then um, <laughs> you can just re-edit that into wherever else it is. It's definitely in James. And we'll no go problem. Beth, you are just giving us so much value right now. I mean, we've got a few questions to get through, but I want to unpack just a, a few things of what you said there, because I think one of the biggest challenges that I've come across in working with um, fellow Christians is this idea of people not being slotted into their their sweet spot, so to speak. And in your position now as, you know, chief executive of this this charity, it, it it becomes even more essential for you to do this. Like, how do you tell someone who is not best suited for something that maybe God has called them to something else? Wow. Yeah. Jo, actually, I remember I was talking about this with, um, I was doing some training for the Salvation Army for all of their youth leaders last year. And I was talking about this and I said, how often do we see in the church that we we don't really know what to do with that person who's a little bit odd and um, and so we stick them I was like so we stick them on the sound rotor <laughs> and then the sound the sound team at the back were like what and I was like obviously no you're called to what you're doing and I just thought I've just offended every sound engineer in the world kind of thing and there was but what I was trying to say is actually I believe that when we I think and we do it a lot in the church where we go oh, well, you know, you're not going to be preaching. Or we have these, like, we get into this tier of what are the important jobs, which is complete rubbish. Right. And so we, you have that person who's a little bit more socially awkward or struggles with, with social skills or personal hygiene or various other things. And we end up going, oh, well, we'll stick you on the visuals rotor or we'll and I think sometimes it happens in youth work people go oh well we don't really know what to do with you but you're under the age of 30 so we'll stick you with the teenagers yeah and it's just not about looking into actually who has God created that person to be because I think when we put someone in a job that isn't what they're called to do what we do is deny their real calling and they won't be very happy there and actually I you know I believe that God has called has given each and every one of us gifts and talents that we each have and I think if we put someone in a role that is definitely not them all we're doing is suppressing their gifting and and are we actually then starting to say that God didn't give you any gifts Mm. and that's that's rubbish and so I think a lot of it is about having to look at um yeah and it's easier said than done because actually it's about looking at you know who is who is that person sometimes we do need stretching sometimes things aren't our you know our natural gifting and um you know, you've, you've heard me speak at events and things, but, um, you know, I would say one of the things I'm not very gifted at is speaking. Really? And I would go, you know, I was like, I, I would go preaching and speaking, not really my thing. Now there's other people who would go, um, well, you seem to do quite a lot of it for that. <laughs> um, but, but actually because I'm being stretched in that. And I think probably that's more about me feeling not very confident than it is about whether I have that that gifting or not and so I think sometimes we have to push people and we have to try people and we have to give people good constructive criticism but um but back to your kind of original question how do you you figure that all out um I think it's you know there is there's something in helping uh people understand how they're wired um in fact on our um we have we have a girls course and a boys course at Goldica Trust and the first thing we do uh, well one of the first things in our first session is we do, uh, based on kind of Myers-Briggs personality tests, um, and it's, you know, it divides the young people then into one of 16 personalities. And we talk about the fact that actually 
there's, there's way more than 16 personalities. There's like 7 billion personalities. But it starts to help them go, um, oh, okay, I'm this kind of person. So, okay, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert. And, and through them understanding that, they go, oh, okay. And we get them to swap them with their friends. And they go, that's why we argue. Because I see things this way, and, you, and it, there's no hierarchy in it. It's just going, oh, I'm one of those people who always hands their homework in late. Oh, right. Well, I'm one of those people who can't <laughs> last-minute deadlines, and I need to get things done early because I'll get really stressed. It's not saying that one of them's better or worse. It's just saying we're different. <laughs> from there, I think, from looking at... Um, and with, you know, with your team looking at, well, what are the things that you are, you know, gifted in, then helping people to develop in that. But also, I think that has to go hand in hand with humility and with the thing that, that sometimes there are jobs that need doing. And do you know what? It's no one specialist subject, but it needs doing. And so, you know, you might have a, we've got a great team of youth workers. I'm not sure cleaning the toilets is on anyone's, you know, special gift, gifting list. But they need cleaning. And so actually we, we take it in turns and that's what we do. And, um, and it's not going, you know, we're not going over to, if someone comes along and says, Oh, I just really feel called to clean the toilets. I'll be like, hallelujah, brilliant. Let's take you. Uh, cause it's not my, you know, it's definitely not at the top of my things, but sometimes there are things that you go, well, I, I need to, you know, I, I, it might not be my thing and it might not be your thing, but someone needs to do it. So we're just, we're going to take that. And I think you have to hold developing giftings and developing skills in people with developing that humility and that servant heartedness that says, is it doesn't turn into, well, I'm the such and such person. And so I don't do anything else. You know, you see in church, I'm the worship leader. I can't do this thing and going, well, no, you're, you're part of this team to start with. You're part of this family. And, and that's the way we go. But at the same time, trying to give people a space to do what they do well. Right. Makes complete sense. I'm glad it does to someone else because I'm not sure it did to me. No, no, makes complete sense. And I'm starting to really not believe this idea that you're not a speaker because, I mean, you can speak. (laughs) (laughs) So taking us to our next question now, maybe take yourself back to the point where you were working a lot more face-to-face with young people and consider what was the biggest challenge you faced when you did work with them? Well, I still do... um, I try and make sure I do at least one youth work session a week um, to, because I, I don't believe in uh, leading a youth work organisation and not seeing any young people. Um, I just think you end up with really disconnected leadership. So in some ways, I, I do still quite do quite a lot of face-to-face youth work, but um, not as much as when I was doing that full-time, all the time. Um, what's one of the most difficult things? Um, I think particularly with our work with CSE, with uh, child sexual exploitation, um, some of the experiences that young people have been through can be quite harrowing. Um, you know, and, and when you're sat there trying to be a calm and collected professional, um, as a young person talks through the systematic um, sexual assault and rape from their dad or from a, a partner, um, that can be really hard. Um there's been times when uh, we get the case notes through in advance from social care and um, and, and we've cried. Uh, and sometimes you... And, and I think that's OK, um, and it's good that we get it in advance because we don't cry in front of that young person. Um, but that can be pretty hard. Uh, and trying... Sometimes when it feels like there is just not very much hope, 
um, when when a young person has been so badly abused that you're thinking, I'm not really sure how we come back from this, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk with you and I'm gonna stick with you, but it feels a little hopeless at that point. That can be really hard. Um, I think another really difficult thing that can happen is when for all your best intentions and for all of your best efforts um a a young person chooses to disengage um through normally through external circumstances um but when um you know we try all of our work is based on that young person choosing it's 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 voluntary you know we don't force anything upon anyone um if they decide they don't want to meet up anymore that's what they've decided um and we try and keep all the channels open, but it can be really hard. And um, I remember a young woman we worked with for probably, you know, pretty much weekly for 18 months, maybe. Um, and, you know, she became a big part of our lives and she, she very much saw us basically as her sisters. Um, and she didn't really have many, uh, many friends and she'd been so horrendously sexually abused and... Um, and she got pregnant and, you know, it was my <laughs> privilege and slight horror to be the person who went, who did a pregnancy test and to be the person who said, yeah, you are, you're 15 years old and you're pregnant. Um, and we're going to have to do something about this now kind of thing. And uh, I'm going to many maternity appointments with her and, and all of that. And then uh, when the baby was born, she decided she wanted to have a complete fresh start from everything in her previous life which I kind of understand but that included us um and that was a really difficult thing uh to just go I understand why you're doing this and okay but when a young person goes I'm not gonna speak to you anymore uh and and you have to be careful there you know we are there to serve her not the other way around but it still is you know it can still be quite hard when you're just going we've walked with you and I and there's you're now about to hit one of the next you know one of the hardest bits you're now a single 16 year old mum um and actually this is where you need more support but um that can be really hard uh when you just kind of go I hope she's all right you know I hope I hope she's okay and I think you know the relation if we bumped into her in Tesco's it would she'd, she'd talk to us and, and things but um you kind of think I hope she's okay I hope the baby's okay and um yeah, so I think that can be a difficulty when a relationship with, you know, with young people comes to an end. Um, that can be quite a difficult thing as well. You've got me right in the heart there. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't imagine, especially because of the level of the relationship that you build up with these young people. I think some of us, we have a good relationship with our youth groups, but maybe not to this level. And especially to be able to discuss these really important issues so i can only imagine <laughs> after all of that having to having to part ways so wow well that being said tell us your best piece of advice that you would share with youth workers from all of your experience what is the best piece of advice you could share gosh um i feel like it's one of those things where i'll say something and i'll think oh and this and this and this um within a within a Christian youth work conference, uh, co context, we're called to empower our young people. Um, and that is our role, to empower them to do better work than we ever will. 
and we ever could um, and to believe in their potential um, and I think that can be hard sometimes as youth workers because we think we know how it should be and we know what it should be and sometimes we do know better than our young people at times you know we, one of the things we always say is we'll never let young people decorate a room because it will just end up just, oh, just awful like because of any kind of thing and actually but there's some young people who'd be great I think how I decorated my bedroom when I was a teenager I was no interior designer kind of thing and so actually sometimes we do know better than young people but a lot of the time they know they know better and um we met when we were at the um youth work awards yes. and um and I spoke that night about legacy mm-hmm. I remember. And I think that is something that is, you know, actually it's about empowering our young people so that we leave a legacy that is greater than ours and they leave a legacy that is greater than that. Um, And so we, you know, we empower them to do better things and to understand that they will do things probably differently than we will. Um, And so... And that can be, you know, letting them preach when they don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, letting them lead worship, even though they only know three chords and encouraging them to be, you know, to come up with the best ways of, um, when, when I used to be in church youth work, I think we often fell into the trap of us trying to put on events that young people uh, might want to bring their friends to. And actually, it was like, well, probably rather than me coming up with an idea, I know a fair bit about youth culture, but I think they know better. Like, actually, how do we, um, you know, how do we encourage and empower them to be the best uh, evangelists, to be the best missional living people? Uh, and sometimes not trying to claw them back into our events, but instead going, yeah, no, go to your mate's party. And be like there instead of going, you know, come to our nice safe youth group and, uh, and bring your friends to us. Um, and so I think empowering them to be just the best that they can be. Um, and then as well, you get to live in the legacy of that. Like I loved the story. I love to catch up with some of my young people from, you know, the past kind of eight years or so and, and see what they're doing. And, and it's amazing. You know, I've got two young people, two lads who used to be in my, uh, church youth group and I'm, I used to always say, one of you is going to be Archbishop of Canterbury and the other one's going to be Prime Minister. Uh, and, you know, but in celebrating with them as they've both just got into Oxford and, you know, kind of thing. And, and they're on track. Uh, so, you know, but, um, but actually they might. And I'm never going to be those things. You know, one of them, he will be an MP, you know, kind of thing. And I go, great. I've had the privilege to walk with him for a few years and input something that hopefully will impact on how he will be a leader in the future in a way, in a sphere that I never will. Um, but actually, what's our legacy? and How do we empower them to be the best that they can be rather than just doing what we'd like them to do? Awesome piece of advice. And could I just say that... Um... I did decorate a youth room with my youth group and it was a wonderful experience. (laughs) About two months later, we arrived at church to find that all our hard work had been painted over. (laughs) And no, no one did own up to it. But um, yeah, I think we went for very gearish colours. Like we had a purple on one side, an orange on the other. Then we had like, I think, a yellow on the other. And... Like living in a Rubik's Cube. No one needs yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and the radiator, we even got metallic spray for the radiators. The radiators went silver. 
I mean, looking back on it, maybe it wasn't the best choice of colours, but it was one of the best bonding experiences we had. So, you yeah. know. You just have to class it as a piece of youth work and then it's fine. You can get away with anything. Like, it can be rubbish at the end as long as it was. But we, we learn a lot about those young people. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and a lot of those young people are leading out in the church as well. So Amazing. Um, that's nice to see. So, wow. Okay, right. Now, now we get to the, I guess, the paperwork side of things, the administrational side of things. It's interesting now that you are... You say that you have a lot more administrative duties on your plate. Yeah. A lot of youth workers are volunteers, for example. And so schedules and organisation is a massive issue for them. And so many of them listening to this podcast, uh, maybe listen to it on their way to work or on their way to university or something like that. And they've got lots of other things going on. So do you have any tips or hacks that would help them in their organisation, their planning or their pro- productivity? I think... Um, if, I think being a volunteer and being um, being paid, it, there, there's a very important distinction there uh, with with how much time you've got. And I think um, it can be particularly hard if you are a volunteer trying to manage, you, you know, hold down a full time job and a family, and also run basically a small organisation. You know, that's that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, and I think as well, I used to say. Um, there's two kind. I think there's kind of two real kinds of youth workers. There's the kind of youth worker who's really interested in kind of the strategic picture. Mm-hmm. And where are we going? And how does this link into the next thing? And what's the journey we're taking young people on? And, um, and that kind of thing. I'm very much one of them. Uh, and then the second kind of youth worker is the kind of youth worker who just is great at playing pool every Tuesday night. And, and having a chat about and having making toast and having the same conversation 15 times over and over. I am not that kind of youth worker. (laughs) Um, But what I need is those kinds of youth workers. Because actually, if you've got a load of strategists in a room, we'll come up with a really lovely plan, but we won't implement it because we don't know what, we don't know how to have a conversation. I'm like, you know, I can, I play pool with a kid for an hour and I'm like, great. Okay. What's next? (laughs) And I'm like, like, okay, how do we, how do we transition you to the next project? When's your baptism? Yeah. Have you, have you been led to Christ? No, um, kind of thing. Whereas, um, where, well, you need people who've got the time and the patience and who are just all about those young people. But generally, I find that those kind of youth workers are the ones who really struggle with the strategic stuff, with the administrative stuff. They're, um, and I, and I think we need both. And so I, I, one of my kind of pieces of advice, which sounds very grand and I don't really know what I'm talking about, but is, is, is about creating team and a team where you again can identify people's skills and go with that. Um, some of the, the best teams I've worked in outside of, obviously our incredible staff team, uh, outside of our organization, but in, in churches and things have been where we've, We've picked out people who might not have automatically been the ones who you go, they'd be, they're your obvious youth workers, and gone, have you got something to give? And have you got, and they've actually turned out to be really brilliant youth workers, but are great at the administrative side of things. And they're the ones who will make sure that everyone's form is in for going on this trip. And then, and they'll drive the minibus and they'll get you there and they'll have a great conversation with the, with the kids who were also a bit administrative, you know, like, cause actually if we're like that, young people are as well. There are some young people who are sat there being bored playing, um, pool and who actually want to plan a project. Those kids are great with those youth leaders. And so it's finding, I think team and I, 
again, identifying who's got which skills uh, can be really helpful because, again, doing something that just isn't you will drive you mad. Um, and so I also, though, you know, my caveat in that is I am an advocate hugely of if you're going to do it well, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Um, and I think that really does come into play when we come to things like child protection and safeguarding and uh, crossing our T's and dotting our I's uh, when it comes to all that kind of thing. And I, I do have a very short amount of patience when it comes to, to youth workers who are doing great. You know, the kids are loving it. But I'm like, the parents don't know where they are and you've got no contact details. And if something goes wrong you are up a creek without a paddle and that's not actually that's not caring for these young people but won't you jesus might be won't, won't, won't jesus take care of it all now <laughs> well yeah it's you know it's just a i think it's it's important that there are certain things that that everyone needs to be on board with and for me you know safeguarding is is one of them and I, you know, I've had this debate with, I have this debate with my dad, he's an old school youth worker, who's a bit like, you know, DBSs don't do anything anyway. And I'm, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, maybe. He's like, you know, you can get around the system and stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, someone could. I'm like, but you need, you still do it. Like, you still do it. And um, because as well, we are representing the church, we are representing Christ, and we don't do this poorly. Uh, we do it properly. And, um, so everyone needs to be in on safeguarding. But then aside from that, find some people who are great at doing it. Like, you know, make sure people are doing that and, and give your people who are great at playing pool and table tennis and everything. Give, give them the space to do that as well. Wow. Excellent. Okay, Beth, we are pushed for time now. So what we've got three more questions. So what we're going to try and do, I'm going to give you a challenge. We're going to try, I'm going to try and give you one minute for each one. Okay. Okay. So you've got one minute per question. Because um, you've got so much experience, I know it might be difficult, but let's try. So, you ready? Yes. Awesome. What's the best book or resource that you have read on leading young people that you could recommend to our pioneers listening? Oh, big question. Um, resource, uh, a new resource we're just starting to use uh, is the Illumina resource from uh, selfharm.co.uk, um, which is a self-harm pro-recovery course uh, that we're starting to do with our young people. Um, and yeah, self-harm is a massive epidemic going on with our young people at the moment. Uh, and so I would really recommend checking that out as a resource. Um, there's my resource one. Awesome. Okay. Can you paint a vision or a dream that you have for the future of young people up and down the country? Um, do you know what? We are, we're a charity that is all about self-esteem. We're all about, uh, and we believe that that is a really crux issue in all the other issues that we're seeing. Self-harm and, and relationship breakdown and, and all of that. And so I, I, my vision and my dream would be to be raising up a generation of young people who know who they are, who know that they're okay, that they're good, uh, that can, that can kind of find an answer to that. Who am I question? Um, I think all young people are asking two questions. Who am I? And am I loved? And so, um, my dream is to see young people who can answer those questions, uh, and who can go, yeah, I am loved. I know I'm loved. Uh, and I put that into action. Awesome. Awesome. And lastly, give your organization one last great big plug, the best place to find out more information 
about you and then give us one last great piece of advice. Oh, um, okay. Yes. Gold Digger Trust, a, a big thing that we do is train other youth workers. And so um, if you're interested in being able to run uh, either our I'm the girl I want to be self-esteem and sex and relationships course with young women in your community, or we have a boys equivalent called Made of More, all about exploring with young men uh, what it means to be a real man and what, what even is that, um, then we'd love to uh, train people up to do that. So you can find out more information about that at www.golddiggertrust.co.uk. Gold Digger Trust is uh, spelt as you would expect to. Gold Digger (laughs) Trust. Uh, No funny letters. Uh, And, um, yeah, we'd love to... uh, to get involved um oh another big plug here's a like a little exclusive for you okay yes uh, please that we um i don't know when this is going out but we it's going out in on, on monday monday the 19th this will be out wow okay really really new then uh we have uh just found out that we have been uh shortlisted nominated and shortlisted for a uk sexual health award uh, in <laughs> in london town <laughs> London uh, Town, so, you're coming um, to my neck of the woods. Lovely. I was going to say, you're going to have to come down south. Well, it's very expensive down south, that's the it main is, thing. It's um, quite expensive. <laughs> I was like, how much for a hotel? <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, but that's really exciting. Or, so we've been, I'm the Girl I Want to Be Project has been nominated uh, for young, um, about pioneering approaches to sex relationships and wellbeing education. Um, and so that is a nice pat on the back for us which has been great so um so yes they're a little bit exclusive uh, and you. yeah and my piece of advice for youth workers would be keep going you're doing a brilliant job and um, you know and listen to us a lot going on about all you know be stretched and, and all of that but also you're doing a great job keep going beth thank you so much for joining us on the youth workshop and we look forward to catching you soon god bless Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Youth Workshop. Why not head on over to www.theyouthworkshop.com and sign up for more advice, tips and everything you need to help you in your role as a youth leader. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Until next time, create an impact with your influence.